welcome to episode 50 of Tim Talk. The we pod- did it. We did it. Holy shit, I forgot it was episode 50. Yeah, I know. I realized that this week as I put my notes together. We did 50 episodes. Wow. I know. We, That's weird. Well, I mean, technically it's like 56. Huh? If you, well, oh, if we, yeah, if we include the, the Comic Con and the, uh, um, yeah, the other ones, like or in terms of like, official episodes. Yeah, we did it. We hit wow. 50. Wow. Congrats. So, can I you do like a high five? Yeah. Oh, so good. But yeah, we're we're back this week. Talk some more Superman. Yeah. Some um well I guess one big premiere of a character in the form of Brainiac and the return of a character, Lana Lang. My favorite. I know. You you probably have so much Smallville knowledge you can throw at us. Not really. That I have It's it's one of those things where you realize like you don't love the character, you love the actress. Yeah. It was kind of sad for me to realize that. Because, I mean, I like this iteration of Lana. I do, too, yeah. But Kristen Couric is just so pretty. Isn't it Crook? Whatever. I think, I think it's Couric. That's a coffee maker. Is that not her family? <laughs> did her family not make the coffee maker? Maybe they did. Maybe that's where she got her vast fortune. That's yeah. how she ended up on Smallville. Exactly. I, yeah, I have, she had to I, pay her way into that show. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, so Smallville. Uh, but, I mean, before we can even get to talking about Smallville, uh, other DC properties Can I, can I, can I throw something in really quick? Because sure. I've had it. I, I've, I, I've waited around to say this for a long time. Disney has gone too far, Chris. What? I read this this morning. I don't know if you know or care. And I feel a little hypocrit- hypocritical talking about this because I love the A-Teens so much. They're rebooting Devo. It's called Dev 2.0. And it's a kid band that's recreating the 80s band Devo. Uh, wh- uh, the band that does Whip It. That yeah. Whip it. Wh- what? What? I've ha- I just needed to let someone know. Chris, it's been in the back of my mind since this morning, and I've had it. Do Disney you, has crossed the line. Do you, do you have a strong affinity for the 80s no. band Devo? No. I just mean they're, they don't need that. We don't need that in the world, Disney. What are you doing <laughs> with your time and your money? Just give me more 18s. <laughs> Give you more eight? What? Do you not know the A-teens? No. Oh, so the reason I feel hypocritical is the A-teens is Why the di- <laughs> is the Disney pop band that recreated all the ABBA music, which kind of got me to know who ABBA was. They also did the the lead song from uh, Leo and Stitch. Okay. Um, Hawaiian roller coaster. No. Uh, There's the, a different main song from Lulu and the, Stitch? The other one. Um, I'm just casually pulling up my Spotify because I forgot the name of it. Oh, it's God. not important. 18s is great. Deep 2.0, not great. I'm frustrated. Now we can go into DC news. I just needed to get that <laughs> off my chest. <laughs> okay. Once again, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. But let's talk about something. Someone will. That's... Someone will be on my side of this very passionate discussion. Disney... <laughs> I'm talking directly to you, Mr. Mouse. Yes. Mickey, You've crossed the line. Mickey Mouse himself listens to this. Yes. He's I like, can confirm. <laughs> yeah, you would know, actually. I can you, confirm yeah. Mickey does listen to this podcast. Yeah, can you sneak a Tim Talk reference nope. into a... <laughs> Damn it. Well, since I know you could talk about Disney forever, we'll talk about all the DCEU news. So you, you sent me a message the other day. You're very excited. Like, oh, my God, Chris, we finally have news to talk about. I'm like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? So I look it up when I'm at work. And it's the announcement of a Joker origin film from Todd Phillips and Martin Scorsese that may be set not in the DCEU continuity and won't star Jared Leto. Right. It'll be in the 80s. I don't know if yeah, you said that. Yeah, I did see that. Okay. Yeah. So much to unpack there. Um, how do you feel about that? So... I have a lot of feelings about that. 
DC understands their fuck-ups, and that's good, that they're starting to kind of sort of accept that they've messed up. But are they reacting by making more fuck-ups? Yes. Yes, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. They have this opportunity, because we've talked about this before with Flashpoint. They have this opportunity that's basically a soft reset button. Yeah. Where everything they've done wrong, at the end of Flashpoint, they can just press this button, and when they come back to this current reality... All of the things they did wrong will just magically disappear from the universe, and they can rebuild it from flashback bullshit. Okay. So we've we've talked about do they deserve Flashpoint? Absolutely not. No. They're nowhere near. There's nowhere near enough relationship buildup to to earn that, but they need it, and I've really come to that acceptance that they need it right now. See, I don't think they need it. I think what they need to do is they need to double down. They need to double down and move beyond their mistakes, but don't try and fix them, right? So acknowledge the fact that, like, Zack Snyder is probably not the right person to handle Superman just because he's not a fan of the character. Acknowledge that Batman versus Superman was terrible. Acknowledge that even the Justice League is probably not going to work that well because they have Steppenwolf as a villain and not, like, a major, like, a dark side or something like that. Acknowledge these are problems, but also recognize, okay, but they're not totally fucking up. Wonder Woman, despite being, I think, very flawed at some points, was really good. You know, Matt Reeves, really competent director. Uh, Batfleck, again, he's in bad movies, but I think he's actually pretty decent as the character. Um, so start just taking what they have and just letting different creatives take a run with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I hated Suicide Squad, but Margot Robbie is good as Harley, even if that character is poorly written. Um, maybe when done a little bit differently, Jared Leto could redeem himself as the Joker, you know, especially give him more screen time, right? I think you... You just stick with it. Like, it's one thing Marvel's never tried to do is, you know, erase their movies. Well, they also don't have the opportunity. There's no real Marvel storyline that is, like, a world destroyer. No. But, okay, so, like, I mean, With Flashpoint, they have that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say that with, like, um, with the, like, the Incredible Hulk, <laughs> they have kind of moved beyond that and just recast the role and just kind of kept mm-hmm. going. Well, yeah, they kept it the same story. They kept it all the that same. That's what's important. And I think this is, is going to be the problem is this is going to be super fucking confusing for people if they end up doing a reboot with Flashpoint. I don't, I don't think they need that. I think there's enough, there's enough good elements that in better hands, this could all be pretty cohesive. I think the problem is, is that they continue to be very reactionary, right? It's like, no, they should not have jumped straight into Justice League to try and catch up with the Avengers. Um, but at the same time, don't try and then just reset everything before it's even really in place. So I, but that's what they're going to do. Right. Yeah. I, so I was, I was thinking, um, it's interesting that, that we have, I know we, we put, you're, uh, you're defending DC for the first time. What the fuck has happened? This, it's a, am the I 50th me? episode. I- we all, we all, everything's crazy <laughs> did, now. Did someone flashpoint us? Yes. At some point. Um, I have a theory of what <laughs> justice league will be about, or at least the B story will be. Based off where I think they're going to go in the future. Okay. I feel like we're going to get... I feel like the main subplot is going to be between Batman and Flash. Mm-hmm. We saw it kind of in the more recent trailer that Flash kind of has this idea of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just a kid. I don't fight. Yeah. Uh, and then I think he's going to be looking up to Batman to be this kind of fatherly super, like, you know, this this figure to look up to. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And uh, Batman kind of seeing the remnants of Robin behind him is going to try and push Flash away as much as he can. At the end of Justice League, he's going to do some stupid, or Flash is going to do some stupid, stupid self-sacrificial bullshit as Flash always does. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Batman will save him. Batman kind of looks at, him, looks at him as this kind of protege equal kind of character. So then we have that buildup 
for Flashpoint when he does go back and meet Thomas. Okay. So then we at least we'll have that core connection. Okay. I mean, that, that does kind of make sense. <clears throat> like, because I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting because I feel like the Wonder Woman movie will, the second one will be pretty independent of the whatever major story is going on. Matt Reeves said time and again that his movie, there's a bit <clears throat> about that. His movie is, in fact, part of the DCEU. We don't know if Affleck's coming back or not, but it's a standalone story. It's not connected to everything else. So that's a good point. That maybe they're just going to be like, well, Flashpoint's the one where we can just really have that be picking up story threads from other places. Mm-hmm. And also with DC, as compared to Marvel, most of the Marvel heroes all live in the same general area. It's true, yeah. With DC, you have Atlantis, you have the Mascara, you have uh, Metropolis, you have Gotham. Like yeah. They're all fairly spread out from each other. Except so they for Metropolis and Gotham, which apparently are Which are apparently like 30 minutes yeah, away from exactly. each other, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, just a quick commute. Yeah. Uh, besides those two, like you can have your independent stories and not really deal with any of the, especially in... Themyscira and, and um, Atlantis. Yeah. Like, they're not even known to most of the human world, whereas almost every Marvel movie takes place, you know, in New York, around New York. Yeah. You know, it's... They, they, they try and overlap enough to where it would make sense for the other characters to be reactionary to what's going on. Yeah. Without I, I, actually being there, because fuck you, Iron Man. Yeah. If you knew what the fuck was going on in Defenders... You should have fucking been there. I know. Have you watched The Defenders yet? Yeah, I was all right. I haven't watched it yet. I, had, so I, I haven't had the time. I See, because what, what I find interesting about this this possibility, and again, this is all rumors, this possibility of sort of these Elseworld stories, mm-hmm. something you and I have talked about, I don't know if on the podcast, that's something I would like to see. Like, I like this idea of being able to see, like, a Superman Red Sun movie, um, or, I mean, it'd be hard to do, like, a, a live-action version of it, but, um, like, New Frontier, or even, like, Kingdom Come, like... I would love to see these sort of like pocket stories happen. And so it'd be interesting to see someone come along with a, um, a way to do that. I think Marvel's the only one who could kind of get away with it because they're so established now they could find some sort of like small bridge, like an alternate dimension or something like that. Mm-hmm. I just feel like we're not there yet with DC. Absolutely not. And I, and I think what they should be doing is rather than talking about this possibility of like having the Joker origin movie, which one you don't make a Joker origin movie, but that aside, if you're going to don't make it its own separate thing. If you can do someone, a different actor, if it's like, you know, 30 years ago, it's a younger version. Sure. Fine. You can have a be younger actor and that's fine, but do kind of what Marvel's done and just have totally very different stories you play in. Right. Like Ant-Man has a very different tone than say like winter soldier, but they all kind of work together. Um, yeah, Marvel has this understanding, which I, I love that. I love this idea that superhero movies are kind of transcending genre. Yeah, where it's not like Ant Man isn't a superhero film; it's a heist film with a superhero. Yeah, and that's what DC needs to understand that they're making superhero movies, not movies with superheroes. Yeah, and I think they're kind of getting there with like Wonder Woman, which is kind. Of, it's kind of, I mean, it's it's. Getting towards there. That's kind of yeah. A war I mean, film. yeah, it's a war film. Yeah, but I mean, the same way that like Captain America was kind of that too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so the, these aren't even the only rumors though, because now there's also talk about there being a Joker Harley movie, basically people refer to as Mad Love, from the directors of uh, Crazy Stupid Love. <laughs> I know, I know, but good. Glenn Fricar and John Requa. I think they also did. Um, I really hope they just recast it straight as, as Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Oh my God! What that? Ooh. Yeah, Emma Stone know, could right? be a very mm, all but, right Harley. She could be fine Harley. I, I, but so the and room, she's not like quirky enough. No, probably not. She, she's not high. Not she has the quirk. She's not high energy enough. To yeah, be. exactly. And but I think Margaret Robbie, she's fine. Yeah, 
But so I'd they, still love to see Ryan Gosling I, I try would, and be the Joker. I would love that. Because now the, the idea is that maybe that in that movie they will separate, which then would then lead to Gotham City Sirens, which are these rumors about things getting maybe it's delayed, maybe it's canceled, I don't know. But I think there are so many crazy theories rumors going on right now. I think it's kind of twofold. I think one is they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And it's mm-hmm. absolutely apparent. The other side of it though is I think now a like a like a culture of Schadenfreude has developed over filmmaking, but particularly DC. Like at this point, we're like it's such a train wreck that it's almost entertainment in of itself. Yeah. I was actually talking with a friend recently about this, um, and he used to work on like construction sites. And he was saying like he thinks about like if you're on a construction site building a building, every day something goes wrong. So imagine that happening, but there's someone there like reporting that as news for every little thing that happens. And that's basically what's going on with filmmaking now that we've gotten so deeply ingrained in the culture of just the process that we every little thing that would normally happen has now become a huge news story. So right. they're fucking up on one level, but also like we're obsessive. Fuck, we're here talking about it. Right. Did you ever so so you brought up kind of this this other this else world storytelling. Yeah. Did you ever watch American Gods? I haven't watched it yet. No. Okay. They do. Did you read the book? No. I have it. I haven't, yeah. I haven't read it there. No, no, no. They do this interest. I only watched the first few episodes, but they do this interesting storytelling method. Storytelling. I can't talk today. Storytelling method. Not can. Um, where they'll have the main story going on, and then like halfway through, they'll break and have a completely random story for like 10 minutes mm-hmm. that's completely independent on its own. And then it'll continue the main story. Okay. And I think that's such an interesting idea hmm. of kind of, and I, I don't know how they could transition that into movies, but I feel like that could kind of be what you're talking about with the Elseworld. Like if that storytelling method kind of becomes a little more popular and a little more accepted, because I know it was kind of split with people liking that and people not liking that, mm-hmm. uh, becomes kind of, you know, more accepted socially. I think that could be really interesting for DC. Like, like three movies in canon and then you have the Elseworld. It could be like a different intro to let people know. Yeah. They could, I mean, there, there's things they could do to kind of let the audience know beforehand. They're like, this isn't continuity. Yeah. It, I would be interesting to see, interested to see someone try to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, let's could, do it. One, one could argue that Fox has already done that with the X-Men movies, which just ignores continuity. Right. So. But yeah, that's a little different. They don't. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll get there at some point. I don't know. I mean, I, look. As much as we are always like you're talking about all the crazy shit they're doing, I want to see good films come out of them. I think we're now starting to see potential for good movies. Right. I want them to continue that, and I'm worried that they're, in the same way they made a huge mistake of just trying to catch up the Avengers, they're not going to make a huge mistake again with Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Only time will tell. We will know in a few years. Se- several years, possibly. Yep. Maybe this podcast will still be going on, who, and maybe we'll be laughing at who ourselves. Who knows how many of these movies will actually end up getting made? Right. Of, like, what, the five the we just mentioned? The bubble has to pop at some point. Yeah, exactly. I'm very scared for that day. I know. Because then what are we going to do what, with what, our time? What are we going to do? I know. <laughs> live, maybe. Go no. Live, live normal. No, no, no. I've, seen, I've been to the movie theater four times this week. I'm not going to change. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so jealous. I haven't seen anything Don't in, a long, be jealous. in a long time. It's the peak of my social I interaction. I, I only just found enough time to sit down and watch Stolen Memories, which is one of the episodes we're talking huh, about today. What a great segue, Chris. It's almost <laughs> like you've been trying this for 50 episodes. <laughs> so, uh, Stolen Memories, introduction of Brainiac. Yes, um, that was. I was very surprised by that. I overall, was not expecting that. Yeah, overall, um, like pretty solid. I mean, the, it's it's not a super original version of storytelling, but I like the way they do Brainiac in this. But I mean, it, it even this opens, was a very like low action. It kind of was, which was or episode, which was 
different but kind of nice. Yeah, and I, I, I thought that the times it did go to action, it didn't really work for me that well. But there, there are some things it did well. Like, you didn't like when they used uh, Superman as like a ping pong ball? No, so dumb. So, so basically... <laughs> Lois and Jimmy have snuck onto some sort of Lex site way out in the desert where he's meeting with someone, and we quickly learn that he's meeting with an alien that's Brainiac. Um, we know who he is from the pileup, but no one else on the planet does quite yet. Right. Um, and he shows up in this, this giant cloaking like, spaceship, and he's all like robo-tentacles and everything like that. Um, and then we do get to see the introduction or the reintroduction of Superman's ship, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Which I, th- I do think it's kind of funny, too, because when they unveil it in the barn and then the pilot, it's not that big. Like, it fits inside. It fits under a bench mm-hmm. in the barn, right? Yeah, it, it just holds a baby. Yeah, just a baby. And now it is big enough to hold him. I, I want to imagine what it's like. He's just, like, super cramped, cramped inside yeah. of it, like, well, knees on his chest. Huge guy, also wearing a space suit. Yeah, and in the space pod. Inside this thing. But, I mean, uh, also, they, they had to introduce it because we, we skipped two episodes, because this uh, was no the two episodes are after this no yes because i got really excited well hang on we we had to skip two episodes involving lobo that involved the spaceships they had to introduce the spaceship in soul memories they explain why it's then around in lobo yes that's what i meant okay i think we were saying the same thing you probably were fuck you (laughs) this is your fault (laughs) you're wrong it's lana it's not lana it's not lana Lana. fuck you it's It's lana Oh my god, we agree on a pronunciation. Yay. Wow, we really have changed. <laughs> so I had this idea with Brainiac, because uh, he you know, he's the like he's the memory guy, he holds on the memories of every planet. Yeah. Was he when was he created? Do you know offhand by chance? He like in the in this universe? In in the comic universe. Like when did, when was his first appearance in the comics? Oh, I did look all this up. He first appeared in uh, July 1958 in Action okay, Comics number 242. Okay, never mind. I was hoping that cuz Lex gives him like a CD of <laughs> of all of the like memory like all of Earth's so kind good. of knowledge. Yeah. Do you know about the Golden Record? Yes, that they they put on Voyager? Yes. Yeah. I I was really hoping that like this was their version of like to scare people away from doing the golden record oh i'm just like if you do this horrible space alien slash robot is going to come down and take all of earth's memories yeah to be fair though this like <sighs> for those who don't know quick quick side note, Yo, yeah. the golden record in 1978 i want to say it i don't know the exact year right. um uh said president of that time whose name shall be inserted here 78 uh, would have been carter sure sent out a, a record, a, a literal record disc of music snips, or, I, you know, clips of music, uh, about 100 and, I want to say 180 photos, uh, and uh, famous movie clips of the time, just out into space to try and show if it ever runs into extraterrestrial life what Earth is like, to show that we're a peaceful, <laughs> yeah, peaceful uh, world that you know we are intel. Oh, they said like they sent like space or like robotics uh, blueprints and building to show kind of where humans are in the evolutionary track. Yeah, which is a cool thing. I think it's still just floating out in space. Yep. Yeah. Basically, what Lex gave it, it Brainiac was, is like a, a smaller version yeah. of the Golden. It was uh, NASA and Carl Sagan. Yeah. And then um, yeah, 115 images and like sounds from like surf and wind and birds and animals. Stuff from cultures, spoken greetings from uh, 55 different languages, and a printed message from, yes, President Jimmy Carter. Yes. 78? 
80, 76. It's the same year that Jaws came out. Published? Well, I mean, the record was itself published in 1978, so I think that's when they probably cool. put, put it on the I was record. right with the year. Well done. Thank you, Tim Hostling or Hostler, for teaching me that. Who? My old uh, college professor. Oh, okay. <laughs> so important. Yes, he is. I'm sure he listens. Yeah. Not really. He does everyone, a lot more with his time. Does. He's a cool guy, though. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, yeah, basically, Brainiac's like, oh, I can give you all of my knowledge. You give me your Earth knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. And I think, when I did some research on the character, he's had different iterations over time. But to your point about this idea of the, like, the, the golden disc, that may have happened before, like, one of his reintroductions. Because he hasn't always been someone who, like, um, it's like the knowledge. I mean, I guess he's always, like, <laughs> shrunk in bottled cities, most famously Candor. But um oh yes, Candor, the Can- bottled city of Candor, Candor city of Candor. I was I that was like one of the, those like proud nerd steps you take when you like that's like the ne- like the first thing you learn in the next level of like nerdiness is what Candor is. Yes, what the bottled city of Candor is. Can you uh, can you read Kryptonian? Nope. Okay, I I can read Navian. I could what, at one point. Good, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I've since forgotten all the letters, but <laughs> and you probably could still read Navian, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) some of it, some of the words. Oh, I'm glad someone is keeping Avatar culturally relevant. Just me. Someone's doing James Cameron. I'm already in line for Avatar 2. (laughs) Movie I do not care about in the slightest. I'll make you go. So anyways, I know you will. Um, So we we quickly get uh, Lex's like, oh, you you should, Superman, you should go talk to Brainiac. He has so much he wants to talk to you about. So we go. And yeah, there's this totally pointless fight where Brainiac unleashes a whole bunch of the robots to, as he puts, like, test Superman's abilities. It was just put in there to have a really... It's these robots with terrible giant hands yeah, giant, that are like, literally playing tennis yeah. with Superman. Just like, just, swatting just, like, him about. Yeah. And he quickly just takes him out with his laser vision, because absolutely he would. It's just, I, I feel like most of the action sequences up to this point have actually been pretty solid. Yeah. Like, this is the first one that felt just completely gratuitous and stupid. Yeah. Like, it's like just, even the bounty ball was, was more interesting than well, this. Because it was clever. Yeah. Right? And, it, and even then, once he showed up, he handled it really quickly. Mm-hmm. This was just literally, like, what, five or six giant robots with huge claws, like, literally swatting him about until he finally, like, stood up and used his powers. Yeah. It kind of lame for me. I, I almost rather them just not included an action sequence and spent more time with, like, the two of them talking. Mm-hmm. But I get you can't do that. It's still... A Still a kid show, yeah. yeah. And it is, like, we, we, we're we obviously not going to get to this point for a long time, but there is that very famous quote from Superman in Justice League where he talks about, I live in a paper world full of paper oh, towns and paper, paper people yes. where I constantly have to hold back. Like, every time I see Superman get beat up, I just, I just remember that little quote. Yeah. Of, like, he has to hold back for so long and for so much that, Such like, it's sometimes he kind of, I'm, I'm sure sometimes he kind of forgets what he can actually do. Yeah. Because he always is just like this, especially in the next scene when he's driving. Is that in this episode? Yeah, I don't it's remember. this episode, yeah. Which makes me feel super uncomfortable why, watching yeah, Superman why drive. Why a car? Yeah. Uh, when he's like doing those sharp turns, I just like, how do you know? <laughs> like, yeah, how do you I feel know, like with that strength, just like, yeah, off. just completely rip it or like push through the floor. I, I also love that when, I guess actually in the next episode when we see the car, but when he like parks the car, like the roof pops open so he can fly out because he can't just get out the door. Right. I know, it's so ridiculous. But we, so we do learn that uh, Brainiac has traveled 
the galaxy, traveled to the solar system, the universe, mm-hmm. whatever, and visited civilizations and collected all their their history, their memories. Mm-hmm. And so he lets Superman touch the one from Krypton. Yeah, like, he oh, also I, tells him that he is from Krypton. Yeah, I am Krypton. Like, he, yeah. he tries to kind of say, like, they're parallels of each other. Like, yeah, I mean, they were both... We are the last two survivors of Krypton. They're both creations of Jor-El. Yes. Right, and they're the last two survivors. So, yeah, he's kind of trying uh, to get them together. And he we are brothers, you and I. Exactly. <laughs> we're not so different. We are not so different, <laughs> he and me. So, because he's like, oh, join me in traveling around the universe and collecting data, basically. And in exchange, I will give you memories of Krypton. Because mm-hmm. there always has to be some sort of stupid ultimatum. But also, one thing real quick, and I guess this will be addressed maybe next week when we get to the Lobo episodes. Superman's powers don't work all over the galaxy. Right. Just Yellow Suns. Just Yellow Suns. Yeah. So, that's why he has a spaceship. So, yeah. That's why and a spacesuit. He's prepared. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems a little odd to me. It's like, in Brightneck, you think would know that. Why all of a sudden? But would he? Did he know how much? Like, because he was testing him. Did he know how strong a yellow sun made Kryptonians? I mean, did Jor-El know? Like, there's some oh, iterations you know that Jor-El does know. Yeah, like, lot, that's why a, he sends him. Yeah, to and a lot. Yeah, in most versions, like, oh yeah, he will be different. He will be powerful, or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. If, I don't remember that being part of the dialogue in this version. It, they never mentioned anything like that. I think maybe they they've kind of glossed over that just so they can have him go out into space mm-hmm. and still function as a superhero yeah they did i mean in smallville they covered it up because like in the first few seasons they made it sound like when he first figures out that he's kryptonian they kind of sounds like they didn't know and then they just randomly shoehorned this one thing of like oh yeah Jor-El has also been to earth at one point like, oh yeah what? That, oh i know that oh and like oh yeah he knew that he'd be super strong like all right i'll just believe that now because okay, yeah. i'm you know sure. 16 watching this show and i'll <laughs> accept anything they show in my shoved in my face retcon <laughs> But you couldn't have been 16 watching that show when it aired, because I was, like, 15. I mean, it was on for 10 seasons. Yeah, I guess so. Whatever. <laughs> I, I caught a small back, small, small little background. Um, I was very against the show until the very last season when there was one of my friends who was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch the last season. And I'm like, oh, yeah, me too. And for a month, all, it was, like, the month before school started, all I did was like I'd wake up and I'd watch Smallville and I'd eat and I'd watch Smallville and I'd go to sleep for a month. I caught up all nine seasons. Did that do permanent brain damage? Probably. <laughs> this explains your taste in movies now. Oh yes, we we found your secret origin. I was so excited to see anything else, <laughs> anything other than Smallville. Oh god. Um, oh so. So he, t- he touches one of the orbs, and then he, he goes home, and I guess it has some sort of lingering effect on him, because mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, he has a, a also, dream. Also, great apartment for a journalist in the middle of the city. God, I know, right? Like, I, I always love when they would show, in any cartoon, when they show the house. And I'm like, that's a nice house. It's a, it's a, re- it's he's a got very a, modern. He's got a nice apartment. He's got a nice car. Yeah. He's, I, I like it. I love when they show those he's, things. He's doing all right for himself. But yeah, he, he has this dream where he sees the reality of what happened to Krypton with Brainiac betraying Jor-El, letting the planet die. We'll just let it be that he somehow figures it out. To me, it doesn't really work. But yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really make sense that this was like he. It, yeah, the lingering effect doesn't really. No. It's a weird kind of story it's, element. It's a weird. Yeah. So, but he draws and tries to warn Luther. And I this moment I do like. This is the first time where the two of them have to kind of work together. Work together a little bit, and it, it's still they, they are far from it. But Luther is willing to listen. He's like, oh yeah, no, I have like contingencies in place. All these missiles point at the spaceship. Just <laughs> just blow it up. Just in case it goes wrong. But it, it's anything goes wrong, blow it up. Yeah, that's his perfect solution to all problems. But it's, it's a, the American way. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, too, too relevant. She's scary. <laughs> it's, but it's a nice moment um, where we start to see that their their relationship will evolve over time. We are not so different, he and me. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the name of this episode, is we are not so different. You, me, him. He and I. We all have the vaguely similar body structure. He and she. I mean, <laughs> Superman loves his bald villains. He does. I mean, Brainiac basically just looks like Lex. And by that, I mean Bruce Tim hates drawing hair. <laughs> he, hates drawing, he hates hair so he much. He hates hair. Yeah. Another example of, like, you put Luther and Brainiac in silhouette, you probably, really wouldn't be able to differentiate. Well, I mean, they even, I feel like that's kind of why they merge in Justice League. Yeah. That's, like, that's the thing is, like, this episode's kind of weak because Brainiac eventually gets really, really interesting, as does Luther. Mm-hmm. We got to remind ourselves it's early. Even the Joker wasn't great right from the beginning. Yeah. He definitely got better over time. Um, and, yeah, we, like, we, we've mentioned this a few times. That this, this show is very different from BTOS because it does really, like, it's a slow build. Like, they're yeah. introducing all of the elements, which is going to make the next season great. Yeah, yeah. It's much more connected, much more long-form storytelling yeah. as they're shifting around here. Um, so then we, you know, we quickly learn that Brainiac has in fact been traveling around the galaxy, and then he collects destroying his data a bunch of planets and just destroying the planets, just killing people left and right. Um, and then at that point, it just basically the whole thing descends into a generic laser beam battle between Superman and Brainiac. There's something about I don't know why I enjoy it so much, but when like a hero just punches a beam of energy, I had the same and it goes thought. away. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. That doesn't make any fucking I also, sense. I also did this right after watching an episode of Dragon Ball Z where that happens all, all the, time. the time. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll accept that. <laughs> Just a pure this, beam of energy. This makes sense. Yeah, I'll just slap that out of the way. That's fine. It's yeah. not for me. Yeah. But, it, of course, Luther, like, fires his missiles. The thing crashes. Brainiac gets destroyed. But don't worry. He uploaded part of himself into the Luther mainframe. Mm-hmm. And also, selfish Superman only grabs the Krypton orb yeah, and lets all of those other planets just die. D- yeah, because Brainiac's like, oh, the, like, the, the orbs or whatever he calls them. And Superman flies off. Yeah, it just grabs the Krypton one. which it, And it's a nice moment because then he goes and he puts it inside the Fortress of Solitude or the, the beginnings of his Fortress of Solitude. But the nice panda bear. Yeah. But, nice. Um, polar bear. Sorry, polar bear. That I mean, there could... Fair. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was my mistake. All I was thinking of was the Coca-Cola ads. Semantics. <laughs> Who would I be if I weren't pedantic? I mean, shallow and pedantic. Shallow and, shallow and pedantic. Shallow and pedantic. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the end of the episode, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think you know what? Again, not necessarily a great episode in of itself. It's a good setup. It's a good setup. This, I think it's like a good is, part one for a part two yeah. that's going to be way down the line. I feel like this is. Definitely the weaker end of the stuff we've been getting so far, actually. Everything Absolutely. Else, everything else so far actually has been pretty solid. I think it's going to be weaker end. But, I mean, he, I, I love Brainiac as a villain. He is great. And I think part of my love for him came from this show. And to be fair, actually, I thought he was done decently well on Smallville. I don't know if you remember his stuff, too, that Vaguely. well. It's I mean, kind of a blur. So, okay. So, a little bit of background on the character. So, his, normally he's referred to as Vril Docks, and I, I had it brought up somewhere, like his, his planet of origin. Um, where was it? It's not Krypton normally. It's um, Kolu. He's a Kaluan. Ooh. Cool. <laughs> nice white Russian. He's like an alcoholic. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, but in no, most versions, he's like a green-skinned humanoid, and that's his whole thing. He goes around and shrinks cities and bottles them up. Um, and I did find, I, I always love when I'm on Wikipedia and I find like some amusing like, story arcs with him. Mm-hmm. This is a great one from Action Comics number 275. Uh, in which Brainiac tries to defeat Superman by exposing him to both red and green kryptonite. And we, we've talked about all the different effects of kryptonite before. Right. Somehow that combination gives Superman a third eye on the back of his head, and he has to, he's forced to wear numerous hats to try and disguise That's it from amazing. people. Oh, God, I love, I love Silver Age comics. 1961, man. Silver great, Age, best story. Great time for comics. Uh, but then in the... the comic code, 
did wonders for the amazing world. things. But then in the eighties, he got a redesign from Marv Wolfman. Who does he? Oh, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Len Dokarasian. Yeah, Len Dokarasian. <laughs> now, who's the guy who did Moon of the Wolf? Oh, I don't remember. Who, I know who you're talking about. I yeah, Len. Not Len Wiseman. That's the director. Whatever. That guy. It, that guy. Anyways, so but in the '80s, that's when he got the um, like the metal skeleton and spaceship designs, so, like the big metal skull face spaceship, the tentacles, which mm-hmm. has popped up in a number of different iterations before. Yeah, that's where that version came in. Okay, that's cool. Um, and so, like, what we're getting here is kind of a combination of those two, right? So he's kind of more look of the original Brainiac with like the like the diodes on his head and a humanoid look, but he's a full on android. Right. Um, it's also he. I kind of wish they went into how he got the body. Because when we leave him in the first three episodes, he's, he's still a, just, he's just a probe. Yeah, he's well, just we, a sentient. We see robot. him kill those aliens. Mm-hmm. The post credit sting. Uh, oh, that's true. The pilot, I about yeah, that, he goes yeah. and he kills the aliens. So yeah, I mean, he, so he's basically been spending what thirty some odd years traveling the galaxy, um, mm-hmm. just building. I mean, it's a huge ship he builds for himself, and right. there's what hundreds of planets he's visited in that time, which makes sense. I mean, what he has to do, he can do probably fairly quickly, mm-hmm. depending on how civilized they are. Um, but so it, it, like, I did enjoy like the size of the the orb decided like how civilized. Oh yeah, no, right. Yeah. The small orb and it's just like one family it's that he blows up. Thing. Yeah, it's just like a prehistoric planet. He just goes and blows it all up. And, like, yeah, I got a little little sampling of knowledge there. Uh, so, but it, in one of his iterations, he basically his consciousness gets drawn into the body of Milton Fine. So that's what the version of was in Smallville. So in Smallville, he was referred to right. as Professor Milton Fine, but right, he was right, right. Okay, he was kind of like, like liquid metal android sort of thing. Um, but he was the brain interactive construct, which I actually thought was a fairly clever way of talking about why it's called Brainiac, because I mm-hmm. guess originally it was just brain and maniac and whatever. Um, but in that, in the comics, when he's Milton Fine, he has to go around and he needs cranial fluid to survive, so he becomes a, a mass so he's like murderer. a zombie? Kind of, yeah. He's like a robot zombie. I feel like that's right, part of Smallville, maybe, even, too. I don't, I don't even quite remember. Um, I he, hope I didn't watch something like that. He has... Another ridiculous arc, though. There was at one point the Doomsday Wars happened in the Superman comics. I'm not too familiar with them, but basically at one point, Brainiac puts his brain into Doomsday, becoming like one of the most powerful beings on the planet. But when that falls apart, he has to put his consciousness somewhere, so he puts it into the prematurely born son of Pete Ross and Lana Lang. All right. And Superman somehow defeats that, and on we go. So, but then um, now, like this version that was kind of in, in the animated series has started to make its way into the comics. So, like, one of his reintroductions, he basically does what this Brainiac does, going around and collecting stuff and destroying planets. So, and then, yeah, he, uh, he was almost in a number of Superman movies, actually. Like, we've come so close to him so many times. Yeah. So I guess there was a draft of Superman 3 that had him, and I guess they were thinking about Richard Pryor, who was in that movie as, like, a computer scientist, but they were going to have Brainiac, but I don't know. Okay. I've never actually seen that movie. Whatever. Would have been weird. Um, and then he was in the script for Superman Lives, Kevin Smith's script, mm-hmm. which I've read, actually. That's the Nick Cage one. Yes. Yeah, so it's going to be Brainiac. I've seen some of the designs. They were weird, but they're actually kind of cool. Yeah. Did you watch the documentary? I haven't. No. I, I still need to. The Death of Superman Lives is the name of the documentary yeah. that goes over the craziness of this movie. Yeah, because I've read the script. It's, it's batshit. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's not necessarily bad, though. It's just weird. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's written by... Kevin Smith, directed by Tim Burton. Yeah, and I think maybe... Starring Nick Cage as <laughs> Superman. Yeah. So much to unpack there. <laughs> I know. I, cause I, I dream about that movie. I, I dream about what that could have been, how yeah. that would have changed superhero movies I know. forever. Having, having read the script, I, I probably really did want to see it at some point. So I, I, we got to go watch it. We'll have to, it was like an episode on the documentary. It would be kind of cool. 
That'd be cool. Yeah. Bonus episode. But uh, and then of course Brian Singer has also said that if he had gotten the chance to make his sequel to the Superman Returns, Brainiac would have been the villain, and there would have been something about him taking over the Super Son. I don't really know how that all would have worked. Um, we are inevitably going to get him in a movie though. Like I think he might be the single best Superman villain not yet put into a movie, which is not hard to do because we've ever had two ever. Well, three. We've had Doomsday. Yeah, sort of. I mean, I just want Bizarro. I really want Bizarro too. There's a way to do it. Yeah, it's, it'd be hard. Got like a Dave Batista. Oh, yeah. What, wouldn't it have to be Henry Cavill? Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's always like like a more bulky kind of dumber version. Are you just saying that Dave Batista is a bulky, yes, dumb version? Of I am because he's a wrestler. He's, he's actually quite a good actor. I know he's doing pretty good for himself. He's doing all right. Uh, what's the? He's in something coming out soon. Blade Runner. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on uh, this episode on Brainiac? Uh, I would say on Smallville, but we obviously have so much oh more no, to talk about that's, that. That's, that's, that's for next, that's that's for next, next one with Lana. Episode. So. Oh, Lana Lang. Lana! Lana Lang. Had to do it. Uh, um, that's all I got. Do we have a sponsor for this week? It's Hellmouthy. <gasps> Ooh, I know, I know those people. I know the, the, the lovely girls over at Hellmouthy and their lovely, lovely podcast. So yeah. we, we talked to them before. It's a fantastic podcast. They, they do, do what we do, but with Buffy. And Angel. And they do it much better. No, probably. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, here's the promo for it. Hey, guys, it's Ryan and Kelly. Hey, guys, it's Ryan and Kelly. <laughs> From the Hellmouthy podcast, do you want to watch Buffy either again or for the first time ever and talk about it with us? <laughs> You'll be doing talking by yourself, but we'll be talking. Check out the Hellmouthy podcast on Nerdist School Network. Listen to it. Okay, <laughs> let's try it one more time. <laughs> Wow, that was so good. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yes, go check out Hellmouthy. And now we're on to My Girl. Oh, My Girl. My Girl. Lana is My Girl. Reintroduction of Lana Lang. Uh, this had some of the best, like, one-liners. She's great. I, I'm surprised they gave it to I feel like Lois could have had all of these one-liners. They they found a way to make Lana even kind of sassier than Lois. Yeah, and I loved it because I think I think the difference is that Lois is brash, like Lana's a little more. Hmm, what's a good word to use for her? I, I can't think of anything. Sultry? That doesn't sound right. No, no. Anywho, I love that she knows. Yeah. So so, so we're, we'll, we'll get to that point. The very first line of this episode made it so good. It was like. One of the best opening lines you could have of any, like, episode. I don't remember and what it was. And they're at a fashion show, and Lois is looking at one of the women in the dresses and says, the only thing holding that thing up is faith. Oh, that and is... And I'm like, I want to use that so bad. That <laughs> is a great line. Oh, I loved it. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, because uh, Lois and Clark are at, like, some fashion show, and there's all these paparazzi writing because Lex Luthor is dating the LL. famous designer LL, and he's like... Clark's like, oh, Lana? Lana? I know Lana. We dated a while back. Oh, I should go say hi. Um, it's a fun dynamic, actually, like having her mm-hmm. around just because she's not intimidated by Superman or by Lex even. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't care. She holds her own. Yeah. All the way through. Which and, is kind of what you expect Lois to be like. And yeah. like she is very independent, but she is kind of like weak in the knees when it comes to Superman. A little bit. I mean, also, it's kind of understandable. Yeah. I mean, he's no Dick Grayson. Right, but, you know, I he, he's he's got the broad chest instead of the bubble butt. Exactly, that's a lot of the bubble butt. But uh, Lana shows up; she gets kidnapped immediately. So I don't 
the 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 big kidnapper, mm-hmm. the really tall woman. She looks like from the Dark Knight Returns. Oh, what were you thinking? I was thinking Red Claw from Batman Betos. Oh, okay. See, I was thinking of um, there's like a like a henchman who's like this this huge like neo Nazi woman in the Dark Knight Returns. That kind of reminded me of this character a little bit. I don't remember her name. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, what? Okay, yeah. Oh, I don't know if she had a name. I can't think of a name. I don't remember her name, but this is her from the film adaptation, the woman who has yeah. uh, swastika yeah, yeah, yeah. taped mm-hmm. over her boobs. Swastika nips. Yeah. The, God. That's a... Uh, who vaguely For people who don't don't who can't see the photo that we're showing to each other, it's a Russian woman, a German woman. Sorry, German woman. She has kind of the like. She, uh, she looks like she, Dolph Lundgren in Rocky Four. Yes, thank you. Yes, uh, but so you, she has. Russian, yeah. Yes, but she has giant swastikas taped over her nipples. Yeah. Hang on, you, you talk. I gotta get my my phone. Not phone. Computer charger. Okay. Um. So Lana gets kidnapped immediately by these two people as Superman or as Clark kind of comes in to try and. Talk to her, sees that she's gone, criminals kind of come out, and Superman's there. They throw her out the elevator because apparently all they wanted was her brooch. Yes, that's a brooch. Yeah, no, I, I know the word. I'm just kind of surprised that's all they wanted. Because they like go through all this trouble to kidnap her and then just like rip the top part of her shirt off and throw her out of the elevator. Also, very cool outdoor elevator. Superman causes like thousands of dollars of damage destroying that really cool outdoor elevator. Uh, Superman saves Lana, goes, instead of just grabbing the two women from the elevator, he rips the cord off of the, uh, he rips the cable kind of away, dismantling the entire elevator. Yeah, I feel bad for the people who then have to figure out how to get that back on there. Does he, yeah. does he loop back around and, like, help people does fix Does he, like, his... tie it back up? Like, I feel he, like that'd be his solution. He, like, he doesn't understand how it actually works. He's not familiar with elevator mechanics? Yeah. He kind of seems like the guy who would show up the next day and, like, Hey, can I help you guys put this elevator back together? I hope so. He, I think you, Mr. Boy, uh, yeah, he's Mr. He's Boy, Boy Scout. Scout. He yeah. has to. I like Batman, who just doesn't give a shit when he ruins things. Actually, in fact, he. Just, I mean, he's it, the one that pays for it at, well, at the but, end. Yeah, he turns around and like then uses like Bruce Wayne's companies. Like he yeah. basically just makes money off his own destruction, which right. is what Lex Luthor does too. Mm-hmm. They're basically the same. They're person. basically the same person. I don't know. So, but yeah. So then, as when Superman, and then she knows. She knows when Superman Chris, saves. That was so cute. Like that was a, I I just need to appreciate that it was adorable. It is a really sweet moment because she's just like, what she say? She's like, oh hey Clark or something like that. No, uh, she's looking at his at his costume and being like the fashion oh, designer, yeah. like oh primary colors red, white, and blue. How patriotic! Did Martha sew that? Oh yeah, and he's like, what? I'm like, what? Oh, she knows. She's like, yeah, I know it's you, Clark. I saw you use your powers all the time. Yeah, as a yeah. high schooler. Yeah, and then he, like Sup- there's no like no shit. It's you. Yeah, <laughs> Superman shows up the same time you moved to Metropolis. What a surprise! You saw when I moved to Metropolis. Oh, what what sexual tension banter we have going on? Yeah, I've been keeping tabs on you. I've seen what you've been up to since she high school. Knew I know. Chris, and it was I, so I cute. I do. I do really quite love her. Um, and then Mercy is spying on them. Yeah, Mercy is spying on them. And then yeah, there's Lex is trying to set up some sort of arms deal. Superman's trying to figure out how it's going down. Lana's like, "Oh, I'll be like your spy. I'll be your sidekick." He says, "No, I'm having none of that." Yeah. Um, she, oh no. She says, "I'll be your Batgirl," which yeah. I really appreciate. I did like that actually. Yeah. That little moment. Yeah. And eventually, Lex uh, catches them smooching. Mm-hmm. He's not a big fan. Not of having that. any of that. So then he he basically he sets up a trap to try and send Superman way off to Central City to go search, try and find the, the arms deal stock, and then he kidnaps 
Lana and takes her to a uh, a lead plant to try and kill yeah. her. Um, also, the, I want to talk about the guns really quick because yes, they're please. really interesting. Oh, they are really cool. Yeah. So they're combustion guns. Which I think they said like it, they'll heat up the atoms. They, it's something. a microwave gun that excites the electrons to their highest state, which then makes them explode. Yeah. Yeah. So why doesn't it affect Superman? Because he came in way too confident, knowing they weren't going to hurt him. Like you, you see them shoot it at these trees, and the trees kind of don't do anything for a second, and they vibrate and explode. And the Superman comes in and just like takes one to the chest, and just bounces off of him. Bling. Yeah. And I'm like, how would you know? I think he just assumes nothing can hurt him. Like that could have really, like really hurt him they if that had re- some effect on him. Could have really him. fucked him up. I know. Because it's like the first one, he stops with the palm of his hand, and I wanted to see like his hand kind of heat up a little, like some kind of effect, like not something that would hurt him, just some kind of resonating effect, like a little, like like it was like a bug bite to him. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking something up here because there was something about this episode that would bother me. Okay, that's fine. Um, so yeah, so so Lex Lex sees them smooching, uh, and it was kind of sad because like you see Lex like actually cares about Lana, like this isn't like a publicity stunt for him. Like he's this like we see like real emotion out of him. Um, so then, yeah, they're at the lead plant, Superman, or the, apparently everyone knows that he can't see through lead now because they, they, oh, they yeah. set that up. It has been like months now. I suppose. Yeah. So I mean, they're, they're, thought, everyone's kind of warning you. I thought things. this was a clever place to set a climax of an episode in a lead plant. So then he, yeah. I mean, but the thing every is, every episode, every episode well, should be in a lead plant. And what, what was cool was like the, the henchman seems like, oh, well, like this place is so coated in lead dust, Superman won't be able to see him. But then he still pops and like, oh, my hearing's great though. It's mm-hmm. like, it was a cool idea of like having him to try and chase someone down inside a building he can't see through. And they just kind of toss that off to the side then in favor of having the whole place come apart and having there just being molten lead flowing everywhere. Right. Which this, this was kind of bugging me a little bit. Okay. Cause that thing, all that stuff's like pouring like water and they are extraordinarily close to it. And I had to look this yeah. up real quick. Because the melting point of lead is like 600 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could not even be in that room oh, absolutely over not. a lake of molten like, lead and die. Now, I did also find something here about there's some way you can dip your hand into molten lead and not get burned. It says, like, I guess you like put like a layer of water and a layer of steam. I don't know. Whatever. Mythbusters is something. I didn't watch the clip. This, Science stuff. That's this, not what we're here for. This bothered me a little bit. Because basically, the, the whole thing is just flowing like water. Mm-hmm. Or like lava or whatever, but yeah. it's like that's not how that would work. Right? How fast would it solidify if it's a, if six hundred degrees Fahrenheit is its melting point? Yeah, I feel like it would get. So it could solidify pretty quickly if it was just in normal like fast. seventy degree weather. Pretty fast, I think. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That's not for us to decide. It's the been, show was made in 19, 1996. That, Doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it's been too long. I don't know. Anywho, um, uh, I, he he has. There's two more like little one-liners that i really appreciate mm-hmm. uh the best one being like the very looney tunes animaniacs moment where superman grabs lana is like stay in here you'll be safe and he slams the door oh, and there's yeah. the camera pan and it's the explosives room yes it's like uh oh yeah real safe in here yeah uh so yeah then there's a molten the, the molten lead superman kind of saves everyone they get out and then the last line of the episode which i also love and it's not the last line, but the last scene oh, yeah. is it's Lana and Clark talking. And she's still kind of be like, I still have feelings for you. And he's like, you know, it's, he, he's like about to say something. And she cuts him off and say, if you say I'm a sister, I'm going back to Lex. Yeah. And I just like, 
She's so wonderfully sassy. She is. This shit's great. She's like, don't worry, like Clark. You'll find someone, someone nice and quiet and sensible. And then Lois from across the building, like, hey, Smallville, get your ass over here. Yeah. It's great. It was, it, was a, it was a nice character episode. It was, yeah. And I think, I mean, the... It wasn't a great story, but it was, it was fun no. with the characters. Yeah, I think she really had You a need big, that every now and yeah, then. Yeah, she had a big impact. And, I mean, it, it was just Lex being just blatantly evil Lex once again. But, yeah, I think her being in but there made more sad, fun. But he was sad, Chris. He was. He was sad he when he saw his girlfriend her. kissing his mortal enemy. Most people would be. <laughs> he, almost, he almost had, like, a single man tear. I know. <laughs> I don't think he's capable of crying. Probably not. No. Probably programmed. He probably has like robotic tear ducts. Exactly. <laughs> little robo. Little robo tears. Yep. But yeah, she, I mean. It's just money. Yeah. Because I mean, Lana's a pretty important character in Superman. She's pretty much popped up in most iterations of mm-hmm. it. Like she's in the comic. She was in the original movies. Like she was just like a girl that kind of had a bit of a crush on Clark in high school. She was in Superman 3 played by Annette O'Toole. Ooh, I didn't know that. Who then went on to be Martha Kent in Smallville. Ooh, I definitely didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, I apparently the producers didn't know that about her when they hired her for Smallville, which <laughs> is kind of funny. You think they would have known. Um, I, I did try and see if I could find some ridiculous bits of storylines from Lana over the years. Because <laughs> she's a pretty old character. I mean, she's been around since 1958. Wow. And she was co-created by Bill Finger, which I thought <gasps> was kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Quick, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Quick, quick side note: I did finally see the episode, the the movie. There was the joke from when uh, Batman vs Superman first came out about um, Superman or er, Bruce sleeping with Superman's mom. I don't know if you ever saw that joke. I don't know. I did in um, uh, in Hollywoodland. Ben Affleck is in it as well as the actress that plays um, Martha Kent. And they sleep together. Oh, oh, you're right. And yeah. there's a there's a scene, uh, you know, it's the the post coitus scene where they're laying in bed together. And that's still, I remember seeing that still all over the internet. Oh, and I finally like found what God. it was from, and we'll, it's hilarious. We'll put it on the gram. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just said the gram. You did. I'm proud of you. Oh, you're an influencer now. Oh, no, no. <laughs> um. Yeah. So she. So by, so by okay, Bill Finger. Anyways, Bill Finger. 1958. Uh, apparently, in various versions, she gets powers and becomes the insect queen. Okay. Don't know. Sure. Don't even want to go there. Um. So, but then it, you know, post crisis, John Burns, Man of Steel, reintroduced her, and in that, it's kind of had this sort of element where she is in love with Clark, but he doesn't reciprocate. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're out for like a walk, and Clark's like, "Oh, I have something important to tell you." And she's expecting a marriage proposal, and said, "He's like, oh, by the way, like I have superpowers." Surprise! <laughs> and like, oh, not like the powers to make a ring. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you like crush a diamond and put it in a ring and give it to me. And so she um, gets kind of like hurt by that, and so she actually starts like stalking Superman when she realizes that Clark is Superman and like going around Metropolis. And to the point where Lex kidnaps her and tortures her to figure out what his identity is, and she like holds out. Um, and this is the part that's so ridiculous. This stalking eventually was proven to be caused by a long-term conspiracy from the Manhunters, who are the androids created right, by the yeah. Owens, who also do the Green Lantern Corps. It just gets so fucking ridiculous. That's, but it, was, it wasn't just odd. her. They had mind, like, subtly mind-controlled all the children born in Smallville like, of that same era. It's so, like all the kids that Clark grew up with. Interesting. I didn't learn to why or to what extent, but that was a thing. That's an um, odd storyline. In the comics, though, she married Pete Ross. Oh, that's nice. Good yeah. for them. Yeah, and they uh, they lived in Smallville, and eventually they had a, a son, as I mentioned, with the Brainiac yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and somehow, like, Superman saves the baby, but, like, 
because Brainiac was trying to take over the baby, even though the baby was born premature, we like got to go to full term. I don't know. I couldn't get the whole thing exactly. But I'm glad the kid got to survive. I would, yeah. would kind of hate for Superman to be like, hey, to the two people that know my secret identity, Here's your I'm going to have kid. to kill your, your kid. Yeah. Uh, but then Pete Ross went on to become a senator and then vice president to President Luthor. Oh, and I then didn't when know Lu- that. Luthor stepped down, I think actually in Public Enemies, he became president. And so Lana got to be first lady. Oh, good for I them. Know. I know. Look at all the cool things that have happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also in Smallville. She is in Smallville. And I love her in Smallville. She, you know, she's actually pretty good in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you she remember? was definitely my favorite character for the first few seasons. Oh, yeah. She's kind of better than everybody else. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember how she eventually left the show? I, I looked this up. I remember Pete Ross leaving for college because he had the football thing. Yeah. It's basically just Clark and Chloe are the only two who make it all the way through. Yeah. I don't remember how she leaves. Is she going on like a mission trip? No. So she um, like somehow gets infected with like nanites or something like that, that she basically develops the ability to absorb kryptonite from, from like absorb the, like the radiation out of kryptonite. Okay. So, but she retains that. So at a certain point she becomes toxic to be around Clark. I do remember this episode. Lex has some scheme to blow up the daily planet with a kryptonite bomb, and she absorbs all the radiation out of the bomb, but as a result, she can't be around Clark, so then she has to leave. I, yep, I remember that now. Yep. And I feel like they introduced Lois, like, that season, too. No, they... She got, season she got introduced, like, season five or something like that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, like, it was after that that then Lois and Clark started to get together. Yeah. Which, that's when the show really got better anyways. Um, but I just love that they had to do something so absurd. Like, they couldn't have just had it be like, she decides it's time for her to move on and pursue a new life. Like, no, right. they had to like, per- find a way for her to permanently be separated from him because mm-hmm. of kryptonite poisoning. <laughs> Did you also know that she was in Man of Steel and uh, Dawn of Justice? Lana or Kristen? No, Lana. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about Smallville? She, she's like one of the girls I in, just the, in, the, in the school more. bus that uh, Clark saves in Man of Steel. And then I guess she's attending... Clark's funeral in sure whatever whatever it's it's kind of ridiculous. She'll be a main character in the in in Justice League. Yeah, that that too. Alfred's talking to. Oh my! You know what you have to do. No, I I don't. I don't don't. really don't. Who who are you? What I don't know what I'm doing here. Where am I here? Why why are you repairing an Aston Martin in a field? What's going on? You know what you have to do. All the same questions we'll be asking. Yes, (laughs) as an audience. Oh, pretty fantastic. I mean, uh, any other things you want to talk about about, about Lana? It's kind of all I got about Lana. What? It's kind of all I have it's about Lana. Yeah. Other than just your, your love for Kristen Keurig. Just, yeah, I love her so much. Kristen Keurig. Kristen Keurig. Yeah. She's so great. I said Keurig. Keurig. I, there like was a Katie K Keurig? Yes, like Katie Keurig. Are they not siblings? <laughs> They're all related. Yes. All right. Uh, I know you're K-E-R-U-K. S- Keurig. K-E-R. Is it not K-R-E-U-K? I don't think so. Oh. Whatever. It didn't correct me when I was typing it in my phone. Fuck it. Whatever. What, what does it matter? What do you have to plug, Chris? Um, no, it's K-R-E-U-K. All right, whatever. Yeah, it's right here on my thing. Uh, I, I have been very busy. I haven't had a chance to like, watch or see anything. If you can't tell from the, the fresh new audio, we're in a new location. <laughs> we're, we're Chris in has my, moved. We're in my new apartment. Yeah. A nice apartment. We oh, have a special you. guest that, that's being very quiet and very, very... Yeah, nice. We, yeah, my my second roommate, as I refer to him, Yogi, is a adorable old dog. He's running around here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Look, we talked about this before. We're basically just becoming the Weekly Planet, but nowhere near as good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
With worse accents. Yeah, with no accents means we're way less funny. I mean, they don't think they have accents. That's that's my favorite running gag from them. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like Australians don't have accents. No. But I I have not had a chance to watch anything because I've moved. Uh, I have been listening to though, related to the Weekly Planet. Uh, Do go on, which is one of the the podcasts they talk about. It's like three people will have like a topic of the week, and like one of them will present a report and they also are talking about it. So the one I'm listening to right now is all about Disneyland. <gasps> Yeah. I know that place. I know. You were just there. I've I was been just there. there. I've been there a few times. Yeah. And specifically, they're talking about, like, the opening. So a little bit of what went on before the park opened and the opening day of itself, which I don't know how much you know about the history of that. July 18th, 1955? Sure. It was a disaster. Yeah. It was, like... It was a nightmare. Like, there were a whole bunch of fraudulent tickets got printed out, so there was way more people there than there was supposed to be. Like, the plumbing wasn't complete. Like, they were painting stuff and finishing things off at the time. They were running out of food. There was a heat wave. It's insane. So they're just kind of talking about all the stuff that went into it. It was, it was interesting. I knew some of the history, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. So, and they, they have a few other episodes. I listened to one recently that was all about Back to the Future, which is pretty good. Nice. And they have one with like James Bond and a few other ones that I've like saved up to go listen to at some point. But uh, no, there's like three really funny Australian people talking about an interesting topic that you don't necessarily know about. It's that's very awesome. entertaining. Um, yeah, so that's my one plug of the week because that's all I, all I got. Nice. So what about you? Um, well, like I mentioned before, I've been to the movie theater four times this week because I have nothing to do with my life. <laughs> Um, I saw Lucky Logan. Okay. Which I highly Logan recommend. Lucky. Yes, Logan Lucky. Mm-hmm. Is it Logan Lucky? It's Logan Lucky. So I that was that was weird. That was the other way around. Okay. So. Oh right, I keep thinking Lucky Penny. Yeah. Yeah. So Logan Lucky, it's a very so I've seen it twice now, and it's one of those movies that you really pick up a lot more the second time because okay. a lot of the dialogue feels like it's just kind of throwaway lines. But every single line in that movie relates to something else. Oh. And that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's Soderbergh. He generally does pretty good work. Yeah. So. Uh, like, the first time watching it, I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. The, like, you know, all the, the core three actors do amazing. Mm-hmm. Daniel Craig is just fantastic. Oh, my God. Adam Driver is wonderful. I, you know, Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum. Yeah. But like, Adam Driver is so just, like, monotone and wonderful. Uh, Daniel Craig is like this super crazy because he's, he's the explosives guy. Yeah, I mean it's it's a kind of a comedy role for him, right? Yeah, it, it absolutely is a comedy. Yeah, um, highly recommend it. Okay, and then I watched Ingrid Goes West, mm-hmm. which kind of relates to this podcast because they make a bunch of Batman jokes in this. Do they? In that movie? So little Ice Cube, um, what Ice Cube's kid? Oh, O'Shea is, Jackson. Yeah, which I I only see. Ice Cube. When I look at him, he, I mean, he looks a lot like him. Mm. I mean, especially in this movie because he has the the flat brim hat all okay. the time. Yeah, it's, it's a Batman hat. I and mean, he wears. One that. would think he would have looked a lot like him when he played his dad. Yeah, in, you know. I mean, he so also he looked like him then. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so in the movie, kind of the like the C story is his character is an aspiring screenwriter mm-hmm. and he wants to write the next Batman movie. Oh, that's cool. And so he's always he he makes the joke of like, yeah, I lost my parents when I was young. And so when I was at the orphanage, I found the Batman comics. And that was kind of what got me through all this stuff. And, like, I even wore the Batman mask through all of elementary school. Uh, and I got, you know, I had my friends call me Bruce. And he's, like, he's super into the Batman thing. Okay. And it's, you know, it, they make it a lot fun. I, I explain the sad part of it. But they make it a lot funnier. Like, that's all he can talk about. How relatable. I know. <laughs> uh, but the movie is great. It's very surreal for people that live in L.A., because like okay. I know these the if you don't know the story it's um, Aubrey Plaza's character becomes obsessed with this one kind of Instagram influencer 
and is doing anything, everything in her power to be like her friend. Okay. And it's like, it's, I know these people. Like I know people that do this, that like, like do whatever Instagram people do just because it'll be a, like it'll like make a good Instagram photo. Yeah. Like I know those people and that made me feel very weird watching this movie (laughs) that it's too real. It's too much. It's too real. Like it's, if you've seen black mirror, it's uh, season three, episode one with Ron Howard's daughter, Brian Dallas, Bryce Dallas Dallas Howard, Howard. (laughs) that girl. Um, Tangent. Have you, have you watched um, Arrested Development? No. So they make a joke in that where um, Isla Fisher plays like the other, like Ron Howard's other daughter. It's oh, amazing. And so they make a joke about how uh, the the middle name of their their kids is always named after where they were conceived. So like it's Bryce Dallas Howard, and the other character is Rebel Alley Howard. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. Um, yeah. If you've seen that episode of Black Mirror, then you basically know the premise of the movie. Okay. It just, it's a much funnier version of that storyline and much more relevant. Okay. Uh, but yeah, those are those are kind of the two main things I'll plug. Both worth seeing? Week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll only plug the things worth seeing for now. Okay. For now. Wait, what else did you see? I saw Birth of the Dragon, okay. uh, which is great for me. Okay. For someone that likes bad kung fu films. It's true. Love it. You do. Um, and then what else did I see? I found a podcast. You don't, we don't need to... Actually, we should plug this one, because mm-hmm. uh, we actually know a person that was on this podcast. Oh, what? Um, it's a YouTube channel that I've, been, that I've been watching for a while called Rebel Taxi. We plugged them a few weeks ago. Oh, one of their videos. They did the, the Rugrats video, how yes. Rugrats ruined 2D animation. Yes. They do um, a bi-monthly podcast, mm-hmm. and... Uh, oh, my gosh. I'm so mad that I forgot her name. Uh, from Nerdist? No, from Cartoon Network. The girl from the Cartoon Network party... The, the connection. Oh. It's not Kristen or Caitlin, but it has like an extra A in there. Her. I've, I'm so sorry for forgetting your name. I've forgotten it. Because well. I told her that she could be on the podcast at some point. Okay. Um, she was on an episode of The Rebel Taxi. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so that was a very interesting surprise. Uh, and it, it's a cool, like, you know, if, if you like my tangents, uh, that's basically their entire podcast. It's just okay. like, like cartoon talk. Okay. So it's just right up your alley. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, we'll um, track down her name. <laughs> I'm sorry if you, I don't think she yeah. listens, but if you do, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Katrin. K- oh, okay. Yes. Oh, thank God you found it. Yes. Katrin Snodgrass. Okay. Yeah. Snodgrass. So, so we'll, yeah, I'll put that episode up in the, uh, the links and go check that out. Yeah. So uh, before we sign off, we're going to do this on air. You, you, you just kind of got spoiled for you already, but oh. it, it, is, it is our 50th episode, so I, I did nice get something. ASMR. Some what? Some do you know know ASMR? ASMR. That's the big. Uh, it was a. It's still kind of a trend. It's when people make like all the like very subtle. You wear headphones. They make all the like subtle noises. <gasps> you got cupcakes that have a five and a zero, <laughs> and an Oreo. We take did. a picture for the Insta. Yeah. Although put it on the fucking podcast Instagram. Yeah, you can put it over there this time. Don't just put it on yours. Um, yes, I did go and get us cupcakes in what is probably the most mom moment I've had in a really long so, time. I'm so honored. Yeah. So I, I had to do it. It's our 50th, 50th podcast, excluding other podcasts. <laughs> excluding that we do. other episodes. Excluding all those other episodes that we do as well. But I, I had to go to that. We're not going to sing like a happy birthday song or something like that, but I do. We have little candles here. Yay. I'm burning myself. We don't need, we don't need to eat them on air, but we no, have we them won't. on air. Yeah, we have them on air. Um, I guess we can do, we can do the outro. 
while, while we set all this up. Yeah. Uh, next week, we have the two-part Lobo episode, which I'm super pumped for. Um, oh, yeah, the main man. Yeah. Two episodes. I was a little upset because I started watching that episode and got really excited. And, and then, then I remember I, you told me to not watch those two. Yeah, I know. It's like, no, no, that's not what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, so we got those coming up next week. Should be good. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, we are at Tim Talk Pod on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. You can find me at Lordifer. And let me see if I can get yours. So it's you, uh, it's am, at Cameron.Dexter for your, your artwork. And yes. then for you, it's at Cameron underscore adventures. Cam Dexter underscore adventures. Cam Dexter underscore adventures. Oh, mm-hmm. so close. Almost there. So close. I just copy and paste every week. That's all so, you gotta do. Yeah, but uh, again, thank you so much for everyone who does listen to us. I mean, we basically just do this because it gives us an excuse to hang out every week and talk about Batman, Superman, all that sort of fun stuff. But it's also been really cool, uh, to, like, kind of being able to bond with people over our love for Batman and Superman and to get to talk with you guys on Instagram and Twitter and everything like that. So uh, for those of you who listen and who engage with us, we really appreciate it. So yeah, thank you thanks very so much, much everyone. And I think that does it. Uh, oh, hang on. Let's blow the candles real quick. Actually, you do it. You go ahead. Do I make a wish? What do I wish? What do I, I wish for I don't on this know. podcast? I don't, I don't know. know. Wish for good superhero movies. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's a wish that, that won't ever come true. will never come true. We wish for a good Superman movie someday. <clears throat> but until then, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com.